so again, it's uh, it's good to be back with you. I'll probably it'll probably take a few weeks for me to actually unpack everything uh, from from the trip to Cuba, the all the different bits and pieces of of how I was just able to see God at work and to be able to share with you. Uh, it's really incredible the things that God is doing there. And as we've been talking over the past few weeks about you know, reveal, uh, spreading the story of Jesus, uh, there was so much on this trip that resonated with me on that. And so I'm going to start out by showing a short video from the pastor of our sister church in Mark and Nee. Uh, I just want to be clear. I didn't visit with our sister church. I had a friend who uh, has a church in Havana in the Havana area that uh, had invited me to come down and visit. And so that's who I was uh, visiting with. And it would have been great if I could have made it to Mark and E to visit with our sister church down there. But uh, if you see on the map that'll pop up here in just a second, uh, Havana is on one side of the country and then Marconi is on the very opposite end of the country. And, and it, you don't think of, I don't think of Cuba as being that big, uh, but it's, it's a long way across. It's like Jacksonville to, you know, Tallahassee or Jacksonville to Pensacola, maybe even might be better. Uh, it would be 11 hour drive. So I didn't make it down to Marconi. Uh, but, um, our, our sister church pastor, pastor Luis Miguel Rodriguez, he was in Havana at the seminary, at the Methodist seminary there in Cuba. Uh, and he was there for classes, but we had an opportunity to meet together and I had a gift from our church to share with their church. And so here's a short video from him. It's in Spanish and then I'll translate. Primero que nada, y saludar, que acá después de darle un saludo de parte de la iglesia de Cuba, su iglesia hermana de Marcané, que sepan que estamos muy agradecidos con ustedes y que estamos orando mucho por ustedes, por cada uno de ustedes, para que todo esto que están viviendo ahora, para que la obra que han emprendido sea bendecida y sea prosperada por las manos de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Así que, por eso les quiero dar muchas gracias. So, uh, so it begins, and here's just kind of a, I'll give a, a general Spanish lesson. So, Deus uh, te bendiga is God bless you. So that's this first word, or bendiciones would be blessings. Uh, but so he says, God bless you. First, I want to say thank you so much for everything you are doing for us and our church here in Cuba. I wanted to let you know that it was a grand blessing to have met your pastor and to have gotten to know you. We are super appreciative of you and we are praying for all of you that everything you are going through will be blessed and full of prosperity in the hands of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you. And so that's a message from our sister church pastor to us. Uh, and again, it was a real joy for me to meet with him, to hear some of his story. Uh, he and his wife, Aluska, have been married for 11 years. You see a picture of them on the screen. And they have two children, Luis Miguel Jr., who is nine, and Analia, who is six. And so I'd invite you to keep them in your prayers. Um, as we began talking together, when you had some time to, to be able to spend together, uh, he just really started sharing his story with me. And it was great because I was going to ask him anyways, well, you know, how did you become a pastor? You know, how did you begin to follow Christ? Uh, but he started off. That was kind of some of the first things that he said after we kind of got through the informal greetings. Uh, as he just started telling me what God had done in his life. He said that he became a Christian uh, when his oldest 
son when his oldest boy was born. Uh, he and his wife had gotten married uh, before they were Christian, which he said is something that's rare, I guess, that a lot, not a lot of people are getting married uh, if they're not Christian or uh, they get married before they became Christian. He says, but they were already married uh, and they weren't Christian at the time and they were struggling to get pregnant. Uh, they wanted to get pregnant, but nothing that they were doing was working. Uh, and he said it was beginning to affect his wife mentally, that it was affecting her mental state of being because uh, they didn't know why and they had tried all the things that they could try uh, and nothing was working, nothing was happening. But he said he had a mother-in-law who was a Christian. He said she preached the gospel to us and she told us to pray hard and that God can do the miracle. So, and so he started, they started praying uh, and he said, you know, they'd be, they became Christian and they started praying and they started praying and God did the miracle. Uh, his wife became pregnant and when she became pregnant, their initial response was, you know, a response filled with joy. And so they promised God that they were going to dedicate the boy to him. Uh, but after he was born, they kind of forgot about it. Uh, he made it seem as though they just went about their life uh, without thinking about God, which I don't know if you can relate to that or not. There's times whenever I, where I can relate to that, where God has done something in my life and it's like, oh, you know, God, you did this. And so I'm going to promise this, or I'm going to do this. And then because things are kind of good now, I forget about this, this promise that I had made. But we said, that's kind of what they did. Uh, they had promised that this boy would be dedicated to God. Uh, but then they, they ended up just going through their life the first few months after he was born, kind of forgetting this promise that they had, that they had dedicated him to God. And then so uh, when he was around six months old, uh, Pastor Luis Miguel said that the boy was drowning. And I'm not sure exactly what he meant, uh, whether he meant that there was a situation that was occurring where the little boy's lungs were filling up with fluid, uh, or if he was in some sort of, you know, pond or water area. I, I don't I don't know, and it didn't seem like the spot to really ask and verify. But he said he was drowning, and uh, essentially his life was at risk with what was taking place and what was going on. Pastor uh, Luis said that he knew in his heart the boy was drowning because they had failed to keep their promise. And so they began to pray and pray and pray and pray and God answered. And the boy lived and he's now nine years old. But he said from that day forward, right, they've been in church. Uh, from that day, from that day since, they have been in God's word and that they've dedicated their life fully to follow Jesus because of what God had done for them, because of the ways in which God had uh, worked a miracle to begin with and because of the, the, the second chance they felt that God had given them with their boy. And so they dedicated their lives fully to following him. And as they were uh, serving in the life of the church, as they were just using their gifts, he said people began to pray over them and prophesy that he would become a pastor. And so three years after committing uh, their lives fully to following Jesus, he began his work as a pastor. Uh, And just kind of a a short aside, something interesting about how you become a pastor in Cuba is uh, if you say, you know what, I'm feeling like God is calling me to be a pastor. They say, okay, that's great. Uh, There's a village uh, just a few miles that way. Uh, There's not a church there. Uh, Go and start telling people there about Jesus. And if you gather a group of people together that's meeting, uh, well, then, then you can be a 
pastor. <laughs> and so that's how you, that's how you become a pastor in Cuba. And then after you've, you know, you've shown this evidence that God is working in your life, then they, they send you to seminary and begin to train you. Uh, so once you figure out the things that you need to know, then you can go and be prepared to learn them. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting way of doing it, but, but I love it because it's okay. Let's, let's see, let's go out and begin to tell people about Jesus. And uh, so he said after, after three years of committing their life to following Jesus, he started as a pastor, uh, and then now he's uh, been at our church, our sister church, for uh, a couple of years. I think 2021 is when they first moved there. And, and I'll tell a few more uh, Cuba stories in the weeks to come. Uh, but as I heard Pastor Luis Miguel tell his story, I was awestruck by just you know, how incredible the story is, the way that God works miraculously within people's lives, but, and, and how incredible our God is, that God is able to bring about the miraculous within our lives. Uh, and, and it really made me think some as well about this series that we're going through. Uh, and so as uh, we're going to take a minute to, to listen to the story and, and to think about how it helps us to tell our own stories of what God has done in our lives. And we're going to first hear our scripture reading from First Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 15 through 16, uh, as, we, as we think about how God calls us to share what he's been doing in our lives. And so First Peter three fifteen through 16, it says, uh, But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord, Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Maintain a good conscience so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. Uh, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. So as we hear these words from First Peter and I uh, think about Pastor Luis Miguel's story, I think, I think in a lot of ways that he's doing what... Peter is telling us. Right before I could even ask his story, he, he just began to tell me. Uh, tell me about what God had done in his life. Uh, before I could ask how he became a follower of Jesus or even how he became a pastor, he was ready to share. Like He knew his story and he was grateful for what God had done for him and in his life. And so he wanted to be able to tell other people about him. And it's a powerful story. I think it's a story that says a lot about uh, Luis Gell and his wife, Aluska. There's a character in the story that only gets a slight mention. Uh, but as I, as I reflected on the story, a, a person who I admired very much, uh, and that's Pastor Luis Miguel's mother-in-law. Right, he said it was his mother-in-law that preached the gospel to them and told them to pray for God to do the miracle. Right, it was the mother-in-law who, who had the faith. Even when they didn't have the faith, she knew that her God was able to do the work within their lives. She had a confidence and a faith and a trust in God. Even when Luis Miguel and his wife, Aluska, didn't have faith, she had faith for them. It, it was this mother-in-law who, who knew the pain that they had within their lives, knew the struggle that they were going through, who was able to say, you know what, God can do the impossible for you. It was the mother-in-law who didn't give up on her daughter. When her daughter wasn't following Jesus, her daughter wasn't in church, this mother-in-law didn't give up on her. She continued to love her, and when the opportunity arose, she told her about Jesus and this God who is able. It was the mother-in-law who didn't give up on her son-in-law when he wasn't going to church, when, when he wasn't following Jesus, but continued to love and care for him, and who told him, hey, 
There is a God who loves and cares for you, who is, who is able to do the miraculous within your life. There's a Jesus who loves you, who died to save you, to give you hope of a life to come, but hope in this life as well. You know, this mother-in-law, she could have just wrung her hands when she saw her daughter struggling. She could have just said, oh man, yeah, that's, that's so tough, sweetie. I'm sorry for what you're going through. But instead, she said, you know what? I know you're going through a difficult time, but give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus because he is able, because he is powerful enough. He can do the miracle at work within your life. She, she shared the gospel with them. She told them about Jesus. She had enough faith to put it in God's hands, even when they didn't have it for themselves. And she saw that they were struggling. She saw that they were uh, going through much difficulty. She told them, my God can do something about that. My God can help you. And as I think about this mother-in-law uh, and the way that she lived and acted within the story, I wonder if that's a little bit about what Peter had in mind. That a part of what we can do and we offer to people a reason for the hope that we have as we do it with gentleness and respect is, is that sometimes it's just letting people know that, that we serve a God who can make a difference in their life if they follow him. That there's a, a God who can meet their needs if they entrust them in his hands. And, and so I wonder what that would look like in our lives if we just did that. When a neighbor is complaining about the state of the world, how the world is gone crazy, you know, and, and we could jump right in and, oh, yeah, you know, the, uh, the world is crazy. You know, we, we talk about this shooting over here or that over there, or, or what are we going to do about it all? Or there's this war over here, or there's a war over here, and there's all of these other crazy things. And we could join right in about how crazy the world is, or, or when they're saying the world is crazy, we could say, yeah, you know, it is pretty crazy, but there's something that gives me peace. And that's because I, I have a God who, who walks with me through it all. And maybe they might say, well, what do you mean God gives you peace? What do you mean God is with you? And then you can tell them, well, you know, there was this time in my life when I was going through a difficulty and, and God showed up and he gave me peace and he gave me strength and he helped me to endure. And so I know that he continues to be with me now. You, you could tell them, well, you know, there's this God who loves and cares for me. And he, he showed me love because he sent his son, Jesus, who died on the cross, who rose from the dead. And so I believe that all things are possible because Jesus rose from the dead. I, I have a hope. I have a peace because of what God has done for me in my life. You could potentially say, you know what, I know, I know that God can provide in your situation, that he can open a door, a possibility that he can make a way for you because he's made a way for me. That I know that God has, has provided for me when I wasn't sure of where it was going to come from. And so I know that my God is able. I know that God has opened doors and opportunities. That God has given jobs to me that maybe I wasn't qualified for just yet. Uh, I, I know that God has, has made it possible for me to have promotions in my work. And so I know that God can provide for you too. Because I've seen him do it in my life. Perhaps you could say in a, in a time when somebody's struggling, when they're going through grief and sorrow, that not only can you comfort them, but, but to be able to say, I know 
that God can comfort you because he comforted me. I know that God comforts me because whenever I was, you know, really going through a difficult period, when I was filled with grief and sorrow after, uh, after my spouse passed away or after my, my child passed away or after my, my parent or my sibling or whatever it is, that I knew that God was with me. I felt his hand on my shoulder. I, I heard his voice say, peace, be still. I, I, I knew that he surrounded me, that he walked with me, even through the valley of the shadow of death, that he comforted me, and I know that he can do the same for you, that he can be a peace and a strength within your life. You know, I know that my God can make a difference because there's this time in my life when he made a difference for me, when he gave me peace, and even today when I pray, I feel that sense of peace just surround me and fill me. Like to be able to tell somebody what God has done for you in a way that shows gentleness and respect, but a confidence and a faith in who God is. See, being a witness, giving testimony, uh, making a defense to anyone who asks for the reason, for the hope that you have, it doesn't have to be, you know, some overly complicated things. You don't have to have all the right theological terms and you don't have to explain the Trinity. You know, well, it's like, it's like water and I, you don't, you don't have to go through all that, right? You don't have to be able to walk them through the apostles creed. And well, this is what it means to say God is father. And this is what it means to believe in the, in the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have all of that. You don't have to be able to explain all the different theories of atonement, what, what it all means and, and know all the different uh, theologians throughout history. It's just being able to tell somebody, you know what? This is, this is what God did for me. This is the way that I've seen God at work in my life. And I know that he can do the same for you. This is how God has shown up for me. And I know that he can do the same for you. Just sharing with gentleness and respect how God has been a part of your life. And so what I would invite you to do this morning is, is first one, if, if you're like, well, you know, I don't really, I don't really have a story. I don't, I don't have a story that I could share it would be to think about it throughout this week to think about the ways that God has been a part of your life. To maybe even just pray and say, God, you know, help me to, help me to remember the things that you've done. Help me to remember the ways that you've been a part of my life. Help me to remember uh, the, the good that you've worked out within me so that you can know what that story is, so that you can have something that you remember, that you recall, that you, that you fall back on. And if you have a story, if you could say, you know what, yeah, you know, I know that God was with me here, and I know that God was with me here, and I know that God made a way here, then I would invite you to tell somebody this week. To just, whether a neighbor or a friend, to tell somebody that story. You know what, I'll even, I'll, we'll even say this. Uh, just so that we could start out in a little bit more of a comfortable space. Because I know that sometimes telling our story can be hard. Uh, to tell it to a church member. Somebody else who's a part of our church family who's sitting around you. Even if you have to just call them up and say, hey, uh, I'm calling. Do you got a minute? Uh, I need to tell you my story because the pastor said I need to tell somebody. Right? <laughs> But tell, tell them the story, uh, your story, a story of what God has done in your life. It doesn't have to be your whole life story. It doesn't have to be everything, but, but one thing, one place where you remember and know that God has shown up. And in doing so, it'll be an encouragement in your life uh, because you'll be remembering what God has done. And when we remember how God has acted in the past, it gives us a faith and a confidence in the present and in the future. But it'll be an encouragement to them as well. There's not a time when I've heard somebody talk about what God has done in their life when I didn't feel encouraged by it. 
And so not only will you find strength for yourself in remembering what God has done, but you'll encourage somebody else as well. And so tell somebody, uh, if you need to start out, tell somebody in the church, tell somebody in your family who will listen to you, uh, tell your dog, I guess, if you have to, <laughs> um, but tell somebody what God has done. And then uh, if you don't tell somebody outside of the church this week, then that's going to be kind of the challenge for next week. Right? So this week gives you an opportunity to, to, to practice, to let it out. And so that next week you can tell one person what God has done in your life. Uh, because the good news is that God, that God does show up in our lives. And when we give testimony, when we give glory, when we give honor to him, God shows up. And we can invite people to know him by just telling them what he's done for us. We can invite people to experience you know, his powerful, miraculous work in their lives when we tell them what he's done in our lives. When we give thanks and praise and glory for the ways that he's worked among us. Let us pray together. God, we give you thanks that you have shown up in our lives, that you have been the one who has provided for us, who's made a way, who's, who's moved the mountains, uh, that you are a God who is able. And, and so, Lord, we thank you for, for all of that. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, for his life, his death, his resurrection, for the salvation and the hope, for the peace that that gives us, for the promise of life eternal that we have. Lord, I pray that you would give us a sense of of peace as we begin to to share what you've done in our lives with others. That you would give us a sense of confidence in you, uh, trusting that it is it is you who gets the glory, trusting that it is uh, you who has to answer and give an account for what you for what you do and for what you will do. And so, Lord, give us that sense of trust and peace and confidence in you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.